Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Orchard Podcast, where we help you make a positive and sustainable impact for Christ in the places of greatest need in our world. My name is Brian Lemieux, and I'm the executive pastor of Orchard Africa, and I'm here with the co-founders of Orchard Africa on this uh, last month of 2023. Mike and Michelle Tessendorf, welcome back to the table. Hi, everyone. Hi. Happy December, everybody. Well, as we wrap up the year, we are fresh off of one of our favorite moments um, in our calendar year, and that's uh, last November, we had our Orchard Zoo Lights event here in the U.S., and it was an opportunity to gather part of the Orchard community to celebrate all that God had done in that year and to have everybody in the same room and beautiful night in Arizona. The oh. lights at the zoo were <laughs> twinkling. Weather. It was phenomenal. It was. Um, somebody commented, we're so happy that we live in the West <laughs> at this time of year. It's, it was remarkable. But I don't know if, it's, if it was just me. But, you know, the zoo has got millions of lights out, and it's always so gorgeous. Mm. But it seemed to me that this year they added another trillion mm, lights. Yeah. It was just lights <laughs> everywhere. Mm. And so we had this beautiful weather and just sparkly lights uh, above and beyond what we normally have. It mm. was just lovely. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, um, part of the zoo lights thing is the whole Christmas experience. And it was my introduction to Christmas music. Yeah. <laughs> For the first, time. first Christmas song of the year. Yes. Which, yes. Um, of course, sets the scene for the rest right. of the weeks leading up to. December. And it's such a joyous um, gathering of our mm. community mm. and so much fun. And one of my favorite parts is uh, after we've had our event and everybody leaves to go and enjoy the zoo, is you see more adults on the carousel than you see children. <laughs> <laughs> the adults are like, get out the way, kids. Reliving their childhood. Yeah. Guilty. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, lots of fun. Yeah, to see the so many kids. Mm. Um, a part of that event and we have a program for the kids that helps them to think missionally and they do a little service project and gather and hear a message from uh, some of our staff in South Africa as they are planting a garden and I just love the way that that not only is a gathering of the adult community Mm. but the next generation Mm. it is and um, they're they're always so excited to, to do some service project and to be there and uh, have their little community together. And then, of course, the the zoo that brings in the live animals. Mm. And apparently this year, the big hero was the snake. Yeah. <laughs> Kids were talking about it all over. It <laughs> was zoo. a big hero, but not such a big snake, apparently. <laughs> yeah, it was a small snake. And the lizard that was shedding its skin. Yeah. Oh, anyway, much fun, much, much fun. But um, uh, we've mentioned, I think, for me, the the, the great fun of the whole Zoo Lights event is just having, as you said, Brian, a part of the Orchard community come together mm-hmm. and reconnect and share experiences and talk about the mission trips that they went on and uh, just kind of reunite and recognize that somehow God has mm-hmm. done an amazing thing mm-hmm. in putting all these people from all walks of incredible life. walks of life yep. Yep. together. Yeah. 
and it's just fun being together. Mm-hmm. Very much. And so. it's become our tradition over the last few years that we wrap up that program part of the event with the candlelight service. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we just we kind of discovered this year that that's become a tradition. That's <laughs> a part of that event. That's important that we mm-hmm. all light candles and are reminded that uh, in Christ we reflect his light to mm-hmm. a world. And, and Mike, you read this passage from Isaiah 60 that was a moment mm. after we'd wrapped up all of the the talking and live auction and all that and then ended with this verse. I want to read it for us. Uh, it goes like this. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And there we were uh, all with our candles lit and you reading that and just thinking about the opportunity that we have to reflect God's glory and his presence Mm. and his purposes as a community. Mm. The beautiful thing is that we do it together. You know, um, all those candles, all the lights together. Just <clears throat> there's all kinds of symbolism associated with the lighting of candles, and I know many churches doing it at their sort of Christmas Eve services. But it, to me, it's just a demonstration of how effective we are together, and that yeah. God doesn't want us to actually be alone. Mm-hmm. And you know, everything that we're talking about um, about the zoo lights fits so well with our final podcast subject Mm. for this year. Um, We're wrapping up Ephesians chapter 3, and it's a beautiful ending with an awesome doxology, and we're going to have a look at that today and see how that um, works at Orchard Africa and in ministry all over the world. Mm. Let me read the verses. It's Ephesians 3, um, verses 20 and 21, which says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yes. You know, in um, just reading this verse and thinking about it this morning uh, in preparation for us gathering today and talking, it occurred to me that there's there's a progression in this final these final two verses in Ephesians. Um, it starts off with God and God's capacity to act on behalf of us, and that God does He works on our behalf mm. um, immeasurably more than we could even imagine. He works on our behalf. And then it goes on to say, according to his power that is at work within us. Um, this power is not external, it resides in us. And it points to the, to, for me, it points to the transformative work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And when his power transforms us, it turns us into his image and we become like him. And so then we, in turn, work on behalf of others. Mm-hmm. When we are like God, we act like him. Mm-hmm. 
And if he's working on our behalf and we're like him, then we work individually. We work on behalf of somebody else. And then it goes on to talk about the glory in the church. And it's the church then collectively working on behalf of others. And so for me, there's this trans, mm. this, this working of God on our behalf and transforming us to work on behalf of others and then collectively as a church working immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine mm. on behalf of those. And so it was just a mm -hmm. thought that I had um, in thinking about this this morning. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different translations to this part of the verse of being, <coughs> excuse me, doing immeasurably more. Some Bibles say exceedingly abundantly <laughs> above. Um, the message says beyond your wildest dreams. <laughs> and a, a lot of commentaries conclude that God can do anything he chooses to do. There is nothing that God cannot do. But yet, God chooses to invest and deposit his Holy Spirit within us. Mm. And through the Holy Spirit within us, his power is at work within us. Mm. And by that power, God chooses, even though he can do anything he wants to without our help, God chooses to accomplish what he wants to do through us. Mm. And in spite of our limited capacity, in spite of our limited abilities, and in spite of our weaknesses and our flaws, God still chooses to use us for his glory, to use us as an instrument of his power and mm. as a dwelling place mm. for his Holy Spirit. And I think it's an awesome thing that God has entrusted us with his power mm. that comes from his spirit um, to do mm. his work in the earth. Mm. I mean, what a privilege. Mm. Yeah. I, I like what you you both are saying there out of this path. There's just so much richness in this short little doxology conclusion and how he links the infinite power and effectiveness of God to the work of his people. And I think God sits back and he says, when he looks at his people doing his work, mm -hmm. reflecting his image, as he says, that's good. Mm. That's good. Mm. Makes me think of then way back at the beginning of the story when God creates humanity and he said, I made some good things. Mm -hmm. you know, some, uh, I did some good work uh, creating the heavens and the earth and the mountains and the seas, but when I made people, it was really good. Yeah. Mm. And it's immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine how God works through his people. And it just yeah, it blows my mind when you think about how big this right. picture is that's right. being portrayed here by mm. Paul. This, this idea of um, people, you know, we come back to what we were talking about um, at Azu Lights, which is the sense of community. And I think that this, uh, to him be glory in the church, highlights the central role of the Christian community. This church, mm. we have a role to play in the glory of God. It's in the church. And I don't think we could ever get away from the fact that community is deeply important to God. And it's in and through the community 
that his glory is displayed. Mm. Absolutely. You know, um, for a long time, um, thinking about God's glory over the years, uh, I've found that uh, I've kind of transitioned from a picture of God's glory being the supernatural power, infinite power, the om- omnipotent power of God on display, the, his light, uh, just the supernatural mm-hmm. radiance, just his holiness, all of that just kind of emulates from this God who's so much more than what we can imagine. And then to see what Paul's writing and over time to be able to see how that is Certainly God's glory is that, but uh, the more I read the scriptures, the more I see that the glory of God is, I don't know how to say it besides it's more fleshy, it's more earthy, it's uh, it's in his people, mm. on the faces of his people, and in the work of his people, and uh, it's less of a supernatural light as much as the work of everyday people serving and following after God, his yes. church. Yes, I think we have this picture of <clears throat> the Shekinah glory yes, is yes. the term that, that mm. gets used, and you kind of imagine this cloud and it's shining bright, and yes, that is true. And how awesome to, to see uh, that physical manifestation of God's light. But God's light is in us, and... That is his glory. Mm. His light is in us. If glory is light, if glory is uh, radiant and shines, it shines brightest when we become like him and mm. we uh, are working in community with one another to mm. be like him in the church. And um, it makes me think about this immeasurably more that he does in us and through us collectively and it brings me to yeah we are at the end of a year and we look back at what we've accomplished uh, this year and Mm. since we cooked that first pot of food Mm, mm. yeah i mean again um one of the translations of the verse says that uh, god is able to do uh, measurably more than we can ask or imagine I can imagine all kinds of things, so (laughs) it's beyond (laughs) Beyond even my imagination. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) You do have a great imagination, (laughs) be honest. I'm taking that as a compliment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is a compliment. (laughs) But just thinking back over the years of, of God's glory and things that God has done and what we could and couldn't imagine at various stages. And honestly, I think all of you have heard the story of how we started out with a bunch of kids on the garbage dump with a pot of food. But who could imagine that a pot of food to 30 or so kids on the garbage dump could over the years translate into more than 12 and a half million meals Mm -hmm. that have been provided for kids who are... Mm whose food security is threatened. I mean, it's beyond the yeah. wildest dream. Yeah. If you'd asked me back then, uh, 
do you see this becoming 12 million meals or even a million meals? Mm. It blows the imagination, mm. boggles just the mind. Yeah. Um, a feeding project that eventually started in one village. Who could have imagined that that one f- village, that one feeding project, that one church would over the years translate into more than 300 churches mm. implementing projects like that in their communities, uh, providing care and support and, and, and uh, love for the vulnerable. Mm. Um, one mission team from one church who came to serve in communities that mm. we were reaching. Who could have imagined that that would have translated into a community of thousands of people mm. in the US and in Africa? I mean, thousands. Yes. Mm. It might even be tens of thousands. I don't know if we count mm. over the years. But who could have imagined that the work of Orchard Africa would evolve from one mission team to thousands of people? Mm. Um, I, yeah. A group of friends. Yeah. Um, I was sitting in an in, in open house here in Arizona and somebody said, what can we do to help you? And the only thing I could think of at the time was come and see. And so mm-hmm. they did. Mm-hmm. I think it was eight or so p- friends who came mm-hmm. to see what was happening in Africa. But as a result of those friends, they came and they started a nonprofit, a 501c3 called Orchard Africa. Mm-hmm. And that, through that nonprofit over the years, literally millions of dollars mm-hmm. have come in mm-hmm. to support the, the work of caring for the vulnerable in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, I could go on and on and on, but it's just beyond mm-hmm. wildest dreams. Mm-hmm. It exceeds what could ever been ha- have been imagined. And, and just the community, yeah. you know, the, mm-hmm. the other part of the community mm-hmm. is um, mm-hmm. our, our, the pastors that we work mm-hmm. with. We um, started off with a network meeting for 30 leaders, and that translated into a network of over 800 leaders, mm-hmm. exceedingly amazing. abundantly mm-hmm. above. Mm-hmm. It, just hearing you say all those stories and statistics makes you, makes you think about, well, what impact are you making right now that could be immeasurably more down the line, down the line. For instance, during the pandemic, when everything was closed down and locked down, uh, Michelle, you felt led by the Holy Spirit to start the Women's Empowerment Program. And over the course of just the earliest years of this, we've had 55 women graduate from that program who found themselves in vulnerable communities, uh, but yet have now found healing and have been developed as leaders. And now there's this community of women who are wanting to ultimately have the glory of God shine in more people in more places in their mm. communities. And what what might happen with 55 women Yeah, you know, another decade from now when we're sitting around yeah. the table reading this verse again and saying immeasurably more who what would God have did, imagined who would have imagined what yeah. God did for and these, these are women, women who who came not just from vulnerable communities but from a dom- domestic abuse mm. and that's what God laid on my heart is the kind of d- uh, abuse that was happening in homes during the lockdown and uh, we needed to address that and when I see, as you say, the healing and the freedom that has come mm. to these 55 women and how determined they are to take it to other women, 
Um, but everything that we've spoken about, we talk about uh, numbers and uh, dollars raised and meals and all of those. But every single one of those things, every dollar, every meal, involved some human being, some right. person. God's glory works through us. Mm. We glorify him with all of the works that he's done, m measurably more than what we could even ask or think. But he did it through each one of us, each person. And I'm reminded when I think of the word glory, I'm reminded of um, the sermon that C.S. Lewis preached, which was the weight of glory. And I would highly recommend if anybody has not read that, um, call it a, a short essay, which was basically his sermon, The Weight of Glory. Oh, please go and read it. It is life changing. But he makes this comment. He said, next to the blessed sacrament itself, your neighbor is the holiest object presented to mm. your senses. Mm. Wow. Mm. And, you know, you stop and think, well, why? Why is my neighbor the holiest object? Because we created in God's image. And we've looked at how his uh, power transforms us into his image to be like him. And when we are like him, we are holy and acceptable mm. to him. And for me, that, that speaks about one of these women from our Women's um, Empowerment Program. The least woman is as holy and as filled with God's glory as is the most well-known preacher in the world. Mm. Because right. God works in us and mm. transforms us to be like him. And it's his glory that shines through us. It's his glory that works in us. It's his glory that uh, uh, enables us to reach out to the woman next to me who needs empowerment. Mm. Or mm. the child who needs food. Or the funds that need to be given. All of that is his transformative power mm. working in us to be like him. Um, if we are not acting like him, if we are not doing immeasurably more for others, then we have to question, are we like him? Mm. Because if we like him, we'll be doing what he does. Mm. And that is immeasurably more, serving others. I'm reminded of Jesus' words when he said, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works. And glorify your Father in heaven. Yes. Somehow, God working through us to others and them experiencing God's goodness always ends up in glory to our Father in heaven. It's mm -hmm. the way it should be. Yes. Mm. It doesn't matter how smart we are or how good our plans are. And of course we need to plan. Mm. But ultimately, it's not about our plans and our smartness and our intelligence and our good organizations or even the money we raise. It's about letting our light shine mm -hmm. and glory going to God mm -hmm. for what He does. Mm -hmm. In and through us. Yeah. yeah, our purpose in this life is ultimately to put a spotlight on God, God's character, God's presence, God's purposes, and... 
that God gives us the opportunity to be reflections of him, Mm kind of like uh, in the Old Testament when Moses saw the glory of the Lord and then his face Mm -hmm. shined in in an awkward kind of way for him. He had to put a veil on because it was too much. And uh, in the New Testament talks about this same idea of seeing the glory of God with unveiled faces that we would, Mm. people would see God in it and work uh, at work in us and, and through us. Yeah. And, you know, C.S. Lewis in this uh, weight of glory addresses something as well. If, If we think about God's glory in us, um, we could be puffed up with pride. Well, God's glory is in me, and it is. But he addresses it this way, and I would like to read it because this is, is so profound. It may be possible for each to think too much of his own potential glory hereafter. It is hardly possible for him to think too often or too deeply about that of his neighbor. The load or the weight or the burden of my neighbor's glory should be laid daily on my back, a load so heavy that only humility can carry it, and the backs of the proud will be broken. I think, Mm. again, of the most remote village and the most unknown person, their glory shines as brightly, again, as the most well-known or revered mm-hmm. preacher that mm-hmm. we know. Mm-hmm. Um, the weight of our neighbor's glory is on our backs. It's for us to serve them and to bring that glory out of them. That's another thought. I, that's a thought I haven't had before, I don't think, that God's glory is linked to the way in which we shine the light of other people and help other people's light reflect and shine and that's god's glory when we help others yeah you know we sing that this little light of mine i'm gonna make (laughs) let it shine we should also be singing how do we help my neighbor's light shine Mm -hmm. it's not just about my light it's about the light of my neighbor because collectively we're the church not individually Mm. and it's our responsibility to let the glory of God shine mm. in our neighbor. Mm. That's the, the weight that we carry. I've just been inspired with the thought <laughs> for our next Zulai's <laughs> tradition. <laughs> is it's not about me lighting my light. It's about me helping you light your light. Mm. Yes, because we that's, do that. We, yes. we pass the light on with our candle. And right. that's exactly a symbol of what we should be doing if i have the light then that's my responsibility it's the weight on my shoulders Mm -hmm. to bring that light out in somebody else Mm. and then of course um the way this ends this beautiful doxology of forever and ever amen it kind of makes me think of the way the lord's prayer ends for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever there's this generation to generation and I think about 
at Orchard Africa, we're in about our fourth generation of passing it on. You know, I think of Mike and I starting this ministry and <clears throat> passing it on to some pastors who have passed it on to other pastors mm. who are now passing it on to the fourth mm. generation. Mm. Um, I, I know you've got some thoughts, Mike, about how to pass this light on. How do we pass it on from generation forever and ever? Yeah, I think we're going to need about another 45 minutes of this <laughs> podcast. So a <laughs> uh, couple of thoughts. I think the most, no, not the most, something that needs to be done to pass this on generationally obviously is equipping. There needs to be skills transfer. There needs to be a passing on of mm-hmm. knowledge and, and insight and understanding. And um, I think our mission statement at Orchard Africa embodies that, that we exist to equip and that equipping takes the form of all kinds of training and skill generation and knowledge building, empowering uh, the woman. But then the other one, which I think is, is sometimes often forgotten, is that we pass it on to the next generation by modeling. Yes. Um, it's not so much what we say or what we teach. It's what others watch us do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hopefully our light shines in a way that when people see what we do they get inspired to be like us as we try to be like jesus Mm -hmm. and so there's always this modeling thing you can never ever uh, minimize how important the example that you set before others is and you don't even know a lot of times when people are watching Mm -hmm. and it surprises you often when they come back and say you know five years ago i was in a place and i saw you do this Mm -hmm. and it helped me to do what I'm doing. So modeling is, is crucial. Can I jump in then just with something that, uh, uh, this idea of modeling. We came right off the zoo lights where um, our grandkids were there with some friends, their neighbors across the road, and um, yeah. learned, as you said, yes. about, in the kids section, about uh, a service. And what did they do this Thanksgiving weekend? They decided to bake a whole bunch of cookies and they put it on the corner Mm. of their street Mm. and Mm. sold cookies to raise funds for Orchard Africa. Mm. They saw us doing something Mm. and modeled for them and they were just so excited to do that and the funds that they raised. And it was by modeling. Mm. They saw what Mm. we did and they decided that they want to do it too, which just blessed my socks off. Yeah, Yeah. Go grandkids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) But then the other thing which... I think is important for passing it on is um, association. Um, I think it's so easy for leaders to feel like we need to be separate rather than we need to be associated. Mm. And um, there's, there's so many examples of how God thinks generationally. If you go back to the Old Testament, we have Joshua with Moses where Joshua was definitely the next generation. And and God's instruction to Moses was, get my people out. Mm. But God said to Joshua, you take my people in. And so there was like almost a change of uh, the mantle, Mm -hmm. but it was generational. And the interesting thing about Joshua is, I mean, Joshua was was a military leader, but when it came to Moses, it says he was Moses' assistant. Mm -hmm. And he was in the tent. When God's glory was outside and the pillar and the fire was shining, Moses, uh, Joshua was in the tent associating with Moses. 
and watching his face glow. Mm-hmm. What an effect that must have had yeah. on this young man. Yeah. But it, mm. he was there. And, and the other good example is Elisha with Elijah, where um, Elijah was adamant that he needed to go to various places. It happens over and over. And Elisha says, I will not leave you. I'm going to stick with you. I'm going to associate with you because there's something on you that I want to rub off on me. And that's Mm -hmm. what association does. And it's interesting that Elisha went on to do twice as many miracles as as Elijah did. But you know, something that I don't know how many have seen this, it says Elisha used to wash Elijah's hands, pour water on Elijah's hands, just being there. Mm. And then, of course, Jesus with these disciples. Such an incredible example of association. It says when he called them, he called them to be with him. And then he sent them out to preach. But the first thing was, hey, just hang around with me. Mm -hmm. Something's going to rub off. Mm -hmm. And then we have Paul and Timothy. Um, Mm. What you've learned from faithful men, teach others. And they'll teach others. And it just passes on generation Mm -hmm. to generation. But by being together. And I think we come back to this community Um, and maybe a word of encouragement to anybody who's aspiring to being used by God. Find somebody who's found out what God is doing and is involved in allowing God's power to work through them and just hang around. Mm. Just stick with them. Mm. Wash their hands if necessary. Mm. Sit by and watch the glory of God work through them. Just stick around. Mm -hmm. Something rubs off. Yeah. Yeah, when we think about just hearing you go through the stories of someone mentoring somebody else and someone mentoring somebody else and thinking about our purpose as people who love and follow God is to help people reflect the glory of God in their life. Mm. The words from the prophet Isaiah come to mind when he's talking about this vision for the future and it says Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Mm. And you think of that relationally and generationally and one person mentoring another Mm. and this picture of the whole earth reflecting the glory of God in people. And uh, that's immeasurably more. Mm. And we get to be a part of that. Yeah, I have this image of everybody with their, their little candle lit. Mm. Um, you know, even just one candle, the dark can't put it out. Mm. But as we light each other's candles, as the glory of God is ignited in each one of us, how much light mm. on this mm. earth mm. kind of makes me think of um, a, a, a scripture that is so apt for this time of the year as we conclude uh, our series for this year, which is glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Mm. And I think with Mm -hmm. those words, I want to wish each one of you a wonderful, wonderful Christmas season where uh, you experience God's glory in you and through you to others. Mm. And that you certainly experience God's peace which then transforms into goodwill mm. toward men. Mm-hmm. My prayer is that God's blessing would be on you and your family, your loved ones, and that in some way 
you would be able to share his glory with each other and those you love. Mm-hmm. And we want to thank you for being a part of this community that's sharing the light in places all over the world and in places that are invisible to so many people in the world. And um, we're grateful to do that as a family, as a community. And who knows what the immeasurably more or the, we can't even imagine yet that God has prepared for us as a community mm-hmm. in the years to come. Thanks for being a part of that. And thanks for being a part of this journey over the course of the year through Ephesians. We hope that it's been helpful as you've walked through these few verses. And I know for us, it's allowed us to think new thoughts and have new conversations. So yeah, thank it's you been for being a, a part of that conversation. powerful prayer that we've worked through. Mm. Grace to you. Bye-bye. Bye.